The National Health Service in England has benefited from the former government's reforms, opening it up to market forces. This is according to Professor Nicholas Mays of the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine, co-editor of a new book, Understanding New Labour's Market Reforms of the English NHS. I asked him what the UK government did and how it worked out. Their basic mission was, in Tony Blair's words, to modernise the NHS. They felt that it could do better, so they set、uh, performance targets and they checked up, and they published information on on, on performance. So hospitals that weren't meeting targets were, in the in the jargon of the day, they were named and shamed. And as those reforms began to be beneficial,、um, they also put in more resources, a lot more resources. And then, after a few years, they realised, or the, the perception emerged, that in order to continue to make improvements, the service needed further incentives. And that was when New Labour began to reintroduce some of the concepts of applying market forces within a publicly funded system. And what happened? What did change? Did it improve? Well, first of all, just to say what they did. Um, they started to pay、um, hospitals by activity, so they, they they paid them for the treatments they delivered. And that was an, an idea that that would in, in, increase activity and improve access. They gave patients more choice at the time of referral for non-urgent treatment, and they encouraged the entry into NHS provision of a number of private and、uh, voluntary sector providers. So they tried to diversify the supply side. Now, although Britain has a nationalised medical system, it, it is now therefore being run as a market. How did you square that circle, or how did the government square that circle? Well, what New Labour were doing was very gradually changing the system. So the financial basis remains the same. It's funded from general taxation. It's free at the point of use in most cases, and it's universally accessible. But the idea was that the on the supply side of the system, the providers should become more diverse, and that there should be more competition. Certainly for those services where it was easier to organise competition. So New Labour,、uh, in this period from about 2002 to 2010, applied competitive pressure to elective care, i.e., planned care. So there have been a lot of reforms New Labour wanted to reform, and here we're talking about the English NHS. Yes, I'll、right. ask you a little bit about the Scottish and Irish ones later,、uh, Northern Ireland ones. But there were plans to reform the system. Did it work? Was it reformed? And did it make any difference?、Mm. Well, I'd, I'd say overall, and we, we pull the evidence together in in the book that was published recently by the King's Fund, that by and large the expectations of those People bringing about the change were realised in in a modest way. the The effects are not huge because in this period, of course,、uh, there was already an increase in resources to the service. There were still targets and in,、uh, in place from the from the previous period of new labour reform. But the the encouragement of more patient choice and the linked payment of hospitals for the services that they delivered did appear to have improved efficiency in a modest way. More quickly than would have been possible without it. Right. So in England, people are living longer and they're more healthy because of this. Is that right?、Uh, we think there is some evidence of that. I mean, it's it, it, it's very difficult to pick out the impact of of one set of changes against the background of increasing resources and and, and others. But for example,、um, there are a number of studies that look at 
areas of the country which have been exposed to more, more patient choice and competition and those that are, if you like, more monolithic. And it, it, it appears that there is some evidence that rates of uh, hospital mortality may have gone down more quickly in areas where there's been more competition. Now, obviously, trying to do those kinds of studies is incredibly hard. Um, perhaps the most uh, convincing evidence, though, is studies that have compared England and Scotland. I was going to ask you about the other parts of Great Britain. Mm. Well, Scotland has not gone down the road of trying to encourage competition for NHS services. Uh, in Scotland, it's a, it's a more planned, professionally-led system. So what our researchers were able to do was look at the impact of paying hospitals on the basis of the treatments they delivered in England as against Scotland. And what they tended to show was that the rate of improvement or increase in, in efficiency of hospital care was faster in England, and there didn't appear to be any reduction in the quality of care. So there was improvements in efficiency and no diminution in quality as far as these researchers could tell. And one of the interesting challenges for the future in the NHS is that the current government, i.e. the government elected in May 2010, wants to broaden and extend the scope of competition in the English NHS. And this is the thing that's been very controversial recently because they would like to see uh, all kinds of NHS services subject to the same kind of competitive pressure. Some would say, though, that if you subject something like health to competition, you might get a very inferior product in return. That's an understandable concern, and I think it does mean that you need very good information on the quality of the care provided and the outcomes of care in an environment where you're going to put your providers under competitive pressure. But if you can assess what they're doing and you can feed that back uh, to the public and to patients and to future policymakers, I think it is possible to apply some aspects of market forces to public health systems. That was Professor Nicholas Mays of the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine, co-author of the book Understanding New Labour's Market Reforms of the English NHS, published by the King's Fund. For Audio News, I'm Peter Goodwin.